to season three, episode 34 of LOI Weekly. We're in a different room today. It might sound a little bit different. And we have Derek back on sounds uh, after a bit of a hiatus, which is great to have. And we will mention a request that Derek has later on in the show. It's not, a, it's not a musical request, just to be no. clear. No. Uh, although he has some very interesting musical he do, taste. He does. Derek is pretty much responsible for any music you'll hear on LOI Weekly. Uh, we have Lee Desmond in, um, fresh from uh, St. Patrick's Athletic's recent run and with a big, big game coming up on Friday against Waterford, weather permitting. Pat Devlin, as uh, Cabin Teeley manager slash director of football and general League of Ireland legend, it must be said, is in studio as well. I think that's the first Cabin Teeley person we've had on the show and we will hear from Ronan Finn as well, who Dan spoke to after Bohemians and Shamrock Rovers on Friday night. And uh, uh, we will also be obviously discussing some big games ahead in the first division in terms of the playoffs and uh, while the season might be over for many clubs it certainly isn't for a select few and uh, lucky them I suppose how are we Dan? Yeah I'm good John how are you keeping? Good yeah uh, Pat Devlin is in the house what's the story? What's the story? I'm yeah. here with you mad people that's why I'm, I, 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 I must be getting soft coming in here this hour of the morning You are one of the elder statesmen of League of Ireland management um, and it must be it must be interesting to be there for so long and see the changes and see how little changes, I suppose, as well over time because you probably come across the same problems year in, year out. You're absolutely correct. I suppose if someone asks what's the most disappointing part of it all is that there hasn't been so many good changes and there needs to be, there needs to be radical changes. Uh, I always hoped that there would be, but uh, unfortunately it hasn't been. So it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for many, many years for many clubs and... Uh, it's a pity, hopefully now in the next couple of years we can see radical change. Get lads like Lee can make a career out of it. I mean, a full-time career and make an industry out of it. Uh, I do think it needs radical change. Yeah, Lee, um, we, we, before the show we already discussed like the cost of renting in Dublin and all that and how easy it is or difficult for a League of Ireland player. But um, it's been an interesting few days in the FAI front as well. Is it time to move on now that we can start afresh? Or what do you think? What do players make of it all? Yeah, I think as players, uh, you just sort of look after yourself and, and you know, take it in your stride. But, yeah, the, I mean, we want the FAI to change. We want the governing body to look after the league and uh, and really push it on for us because that's what other, other countries are sort of doing. And, you know, we are behind. You look at how the clubs are doing in Europe and all. You've got some players coming through, but overall the teams aren't really at the level that we should be at and yeah I think we, we really want help from the FAI going forward What's the off season like for you in terms of wages coming in and that? What's well, it like at Pats? Uh, most of the lads are on the doll being honest mm. uh, few of the lads will pick up jobs but then on top of that you want a little break away as well so not many places are going to hire if you want a little two or three week holiday so that's the conundrum. <laughs> mm, mm. But yeah, most of the lads are, are on uh, the doll. Dan, it's been interesting few days for you. You've been on, I think you were on page six yesterday at the Independence, which is always interesting. Uh, page one the other day, John. Page six oh, is... Yeah. Page six is <laughs> You'll be on page three yeah. soon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, interesting few days, isn't it? Ah, yeah, well, I mean, the, the email is 11.13pm on Saturday night, sort of, you know, confirmed... I was, you know, having a, I was meant to be off Sunday, Monday, having watching something on Netflix there, and then email drops, just like, right, 
this is like I'll see you in three days just head it off and sure you know I mean it, there's, it, there's, there's closure but there's no real closure at all I mean there's a finality in terms of John Delaney's time in Irish football being over I mean his time in Irish football has basically been done really since he went on the gardening, gardening leave. leave pretty pretty expensive gardening leave think of all that could be done with the money that was even spent in the garden paying leave. John Delaney during his gardening leave um, I mean you can do any sum you want from this saga you can do any a number of sums that will really get you down if you sort of look at the bottom line figures and and, and think you know where, how investment for like you know 5, 10, 15 grand in certain places is an obstacle to getting stuff done and you're talking about what 175 grand paid in gardening leave um, to someone who probably could have left earlier um, but obviously there was a fear that there was going to be a big legal battle that would have cost them even more money either way it's money going out of the game um, to, to people or to lawyers or to whoever and, and, and no one benefits from it really so um, it's not really a happy story um, you, you hope that there will be radical changes as Pat mentions but you, you need belief that that's going to happen um, and it's, it's hard to be sort of furnished with that belief at the moment there's debates around the direction of the league. I do think there are people there who do have the best interests of the league at heart eventually. I think there's been a belated realisation in the last year or two that it's actually pretty important. Um, I mean, the whole story, I mean, Pat, like, Pat's lived through all of this and is far more qualified to speak of this than any of us. Um, what always frustrates me is that you think of, uh, you know, the, the 90s when... You know, Ireland were qualifying for World Cups and major championships and like football had all the political capital of, in the world. You know, everyone wanted to be associated with the football team. Every sponsor, every every politician, everyone in life, every fan, every young kid wanted to play football. And amazingly, we managed to come out of that period with no... I mean, that was the time actually to get grounds and get things done to a certain standard. And, and there wasn't. And there was a complacency there that everything would always be okay because we'd have our players away and, and you know, we'd be fine. And it's only the last couple of years people have realised, well, actually, maybe we need to produce players here and produce an industry here. Well, there was a huge and, and, and it hasn't happened. And, and we're paying for, like, you know, historical errors. And we did get the administrators we deserved as well. There was a huge influx of interest in football, but it was in the Premier League, really, Pat. It never kind of translated to the League of Ireland in the 90s. And we're still lagging miles behind in terms of where we should be, I suppose. Well, great memories of uh, 85 to 90, because obviously we won the Cup in 90, 30, 34,000 in Lansdowne. Um, and that was the Jack Charlton era and all that, and Opal was the main sponsor. And, and it did promise a lot now, I have to say, and, and delivered. But I'll sum it up by telling you a little story. I was manager of Drada, and um, there was a huge hullabaloo about this is the change for the League of War, and we're getting floodlights in up in Drada, and this is it, you know. And I said, great. And uh, Vincent Hovey, who's not well at the moment, wish him well, he's in Blackrock Hospital. He's the father of the present chairman, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Vincent was a gentleman, absolutely. But anyway, Huge, huge hullabaloo on the Friday night and the Lord Mayor of Drada in, we're opening the floodlights. Mm. This is going to be the saviour of League of Ireland football. As it was then, mm. we're getting floodlights in for the Friday night football. And um, lots of razzmatazz and they put on the lights and we played the game and all. And the next time I'm driving by uh, Donnybrook and I look at Wesley and I said, we never got floodlights, we got candles. Mm. These are real floodlights. Mm. And it summed up for me that you know, maybe the people behind the scenes uh, just didn't think, you know, hard enough about it and didn't do enough on, on at the time to sort of elevate the League of Warren to a better level, a more professional level. I mean, Leo, any of the lads, they, 
you go away and you hear about academies and they all rave about academies here, but there's no such thing as an academy here. It's all a word. It's as simple as that. And back in the 85s, 90s, yes, you're right. We should have got in and we should have made sure that things were happening. But I think what happened was it became a big party. It became a, a long-term celebration and we went on. I always remember when we won the Cup in Bray, uh, unbelievable. I said, this is the start for Bray. And it wasn't, you know, mm. it just didn't go on from that. It's it's very disappointing, Lee, and it's hard not to be angry when you... I'm not a League of Ireland player, but I think you guys have been badly let down. I think young players have been badly let down by people who should have the interests of the game at heart. And um, it's hard to say we've progressed that much in all the years I've been following, the 20 years anyway. I think the standard might be better, but you guys are going on the dole in the off-season. Yeah, so whoever comes into the FAI, we just want them to put the league first, really. Um, you know, there's still players coming through somehow because the clubs are doing everything they can, but they need help. They need help and money is a big part of that. So well, yeah, we just want whoever comes comes into the FAI next to give us more of more of a hand. And, and going back to academies, like, like you're saying that uh, we don't really have any academies, but on top of that, the clubs, there's so many players coming through the academies in England, they're getting pulled out of school. And then majority of people don't make it and, and they have no education. Like that's that's myself now. I've come back with no leaving cert and I'm only starting college next Monday actually. So uh well, there well, is a top side to academies, but the the clubs over there also need to be doing more for education for players. Just to remind people, Lee, where were you in England? I was in Newcastle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And how would you describe your experience you had away? Not not good, being honest. I've only sort of accepted that sort of the last year or two, like when I was over there, like I was struggling, homesickness, bad. But I just kept telling myself, no, 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 it'll come good, it'll come good. And even when I came home, like I, I do, I have some great experiences and great memories that will stay with me forever. But like overall, it was really difficult. I struggled with homesickness. Probably the club didn't do enough to help me. Um, and then once you let go, back over here, uh, hadn't a clue about the League of Ireland. Went into Shell's 19s, no education. And as I said, I'm only starting that now at 24 years old. Mm. How many years did you do in Newcastle? Two. Two? Yeah. Mm. What age you when you went over there then? 16. So I left school after fourth year. And who was your club in, in Ireland? In Cherry Dublin? Orchard. Cherry Orchard. So good yeah. old, a good nursery down the years. And who did you? Who was looking after you in Newcastle then? Like who was your coach or how did it um, go? So? Under 18s would have been Dave Watson, ex-Everton captain. Yeah. And Kev Richardson, who played for Arsenal and Aston Villa. I think he was over in Spain as well. And then up in the reserves would have been Peter Beardsley and Willie Donaghy. Peter mm. Beardsley's been in the news, of course, recently yeah. as well. Well, yeah. That, that, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. No, like, I've never seen him bully anyone. Mm. But, yeah, like... Was the, he old school? Yeah. I mean, I remember, like, coming up to the reserves for the first time. He was very good. He'd fill you with lots of confidence. Then as soon as you saw it, establish yourself in the reserves yeah he changed and uh, as I said I've never seen him actually bully anyone but he's very harsh on a lot of people was he, he was kind of tough love was it or no I don't think so to be honest sounds more like tough than love yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah is that your style of management <laughs> devil is it? well you know I'm listening to Lee I worked for Newcastle for three four years and um, you know whether it's, li whether it's Liverpool Newcastle Blackburn you know, there's certain people with different personalities, and, and for lads like they going over, um, 
you know, I, I didn't have to stay there. I can get on the plane and come back home and, and they had to stay. And I know how tough it was. Um, it, it's really, really tough. Um, when I mentioned academy, I meant facilities rather than yeah. the education. Yeah. So, mm. and, and you're absolutely correct. And I'm delighted to hear you're going back into edu education because I think that's the thing to do. Um, I remember a very famous fellow said to me uh, many years ago, if you're going to choose uh, to play professional football, it's very difficult to carry both the education side and that. And I think a lot of the clubs in England would still think that way, that if you're there, you're there to be a professional footballer. And they're not really that interested in educating you. Mm. That would be my, my feeling on it. There's nothing from them out of us. You know no, that's what I'm saying. No. So they want you as a professional footballer. However, if, if, if someone decides to do both... Um, you know, they will accommodate you, but as you know, the priority is, is your football. And yeah. then you're absolutely correct about personalities, whether it's your academy manager, your coach or whatever. And if you don't get on with them, they can be quite harsh on you and, and make it difficult, difficult for you. And like a fellow from Ireland, you know, when you're, no one go, you're not going home to your mother and father, you're not going home to your friends and, and ever. It's very, very and different. And you're young as well. You're They're not very young, yeah. as yeah, an individual. No, yeah. it, it really is. There's a, there's a great argument now for the lads going through, particularly UCD and other uh, colleges and staying here and getting their education. Then maybe, right, when they get their degree, off they go. I think there's a, a really strong... But again, until we improve the infrastructure here, it, it's very, very difficult to sell that one. Lee, you know? Lee where are you starting college? Sorry, where are you... I'm doing a, a psychology on the Open University, so... I'm doing it all on online, so I can work around my football. Football time. A couple, a couple of players have done stuff to the Open University. I think maybe Gary Rogers and a few others might have done some stuff. And like, do you find it daunting going back into that sort yeah. of education? Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't done proper education in like since school. Like I've done a few courses on the education you do over in the academies. Like, everyone will yeah. tell you it's yeah. a disgrace. Really? Yeah. Just ticking yeah. boxes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. A bit nervous as well, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember it does seem to vary. I remember speaking to Daryl Lenehan, who would be around the with Daryl Lenehan, a similar generation. Mm. I, I think he went over to Blackburn, but his I think he might have done the leaving cert from from England, mm. I think, or something. And they sort of an Irish tutor for him, and they were obviously yeah, they will they, they accommodate you, all right? So, yeah. so in certain cases, mm. but it's obviously like just as you mentioned, the stories I hear, it, it sort of depends on the individual player that they have to be really, really, really well up for it but naturally like if lads are, are, are if it's not the, if you can see it's not the club's priority it's not going to be your priority either you know it's it's yeah. gonna it's gonna drift you know and um yeah i mean these these stories like i i sort of admire people who go back into it because i mean was it something like was it in the last year you just realized i just need to address this no, or i just don't want to be 31 32 going oh what am i gonna do going so to i've got time like you're <laughs> absolutely like, right yeah yeah <clears throat> i've got time sorry lads what age are you now, Lee? 24. Mm. So I've got time. Like, we finish training every day at 2 o'clock. Why not go and do it now? Why psychology? I have a big interest in it. Really? Um, yeah. And it's bit like, I'll probably go off and do sports psychology after. I don't know. I'll see. But you could stay an hour extra after the show. Yeah. Where is that interest <laughs> developed from? Or where is it? I think it's going to get big in sports. Well, it is big in other sports. Football, it's going to get bigger. And like, it can really help you. Other club, other sports are you're using it more than more than football. Mm. Like, there's such a big uh, space to improve by using sports psychology. We actually have someone in St. Pat's yeah. this year. Harry Kenny brought someone in, and you know, if you buy into it, it definitely will work. You have to buy into it now. Yeah. 
But also the other side of it is, I think there's a lot of lads struggling mentally. That's not why we brought someone in. We brought someone in to get the best out of us and make sure we're in the right frame of mind, stuff like that. But there definitely is a lot of lads struggling as well mentally. Well, even you look at Spurs last night and you can just tell some of them players aren't really happy in themselves. And, uh, and then if it goes to a deeper level, and, and you know, we've, Pats have had obviously issues with some certain players this season. It's, um, people don't see that though. They just think you should turn up and play. No, like there's so much more to it. We're human beings as well. So your life outside the pitch is going to affect the way you come in and train and go into games. Mm, I suppose um, just getting back to that academy thing, like I've had this debate with, with, with people in horse racing that so much money from the government goes into horse racing and very little actually goes into football. So if you have a bet, for example, on, um, on a League of Ireland game, the, the profits from that goes into horse racing mm. and the greyhound industry, right? Um, but the argument from horse racing is that horse racing is actually an industry in Ireland and that it's like big in the rural communities and all that but the government don't seem to notice that football could be an industry in this country if they actually put money into it and supported academies and um, because I think one thing we have is people Irish people generally want to live in Ireland and a lot of people who go to England aren't happy you know and especially if they're not making like you look at Jack Burns since he came back he's in the Ireland squad again very very happy living with his mother and I think that's one thing we have anyway and I think there's huge potential there if the government and the FAI could grasp it like yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, Just going back to what you were saying there, like he's living at home. That's That makes such a help, you know. Oh, yeah. Get your dinner made for you. Yeah. You're, of course, in the same situation. Get the dinner yeah. made every day. Yeah, that's Even it. your well, washing, like, it's so simple yeah. as your washing. <laughs> yeah. Someone to talk to. Even someone to have an argument with. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's someone there that you love and you want to be, yeah. you know, a bit of TLC. It's amazing. Well, I got on well great with me. Uh, Diggs family in mm. England but they're not your mum and dad no mm. that's what I'm saying so that's the difference are you a football background or your family footballers or no like mm. my dad follows football but no there's no real football background mm. um, I guess we get to we come back to the, the, the general chat but let's get to the FAI Cup uh, Dan Bowes Shamrock Rovers patchy enough type of a game yeah routine uh, enough for the hoops Rovers won it they, they, I thought they won it pretty comfortably to be honest um, they they maybe weren't dominant. It was a word I used after. It probably wasn't accurate. It wasn't that they were dominant, but they, they got the early goal and they they sort of managed the game. I mean, in fact, I spoke to Ronan Finn after the game, so I might throw to that now because I just spoke to Ronan Finn a bit about uh, the game itself, um, the achievement for Rovers of actually beating Bowes. He did have in, a few in interesting comments here as well. Yeah. A bit, of, the, bit of a bite back at yeah, the, the Gypsies. Yeah, so let, let's hear what Ronan Finn had to say. I know like, there's, there's still a, lot, a big job to do in the final, but... You've had a thing with Bowes over the last couple of seasons that's, that's hung over the club a bit. Does it feel like <laughs> yeah, well, that that burden might be off the shoulders? I know you beat them in Tala, but this is maybe even a bit sweeter doing it here, I would have thought. Um, without being... It is a lovely place to go and win and to get into a final. It is, as a player. Uh, it's a very, very hard place to come, especially, you know, playing for Rovers. It's never an easy place to go when you're supposed to get into a cup final. Winning it here, you know, is, is nice. Um, I felt beating them the last day, you know, definitely took that edge off it, took the edge off them. That's why I mm. felt that they clinged on to. They had that over us for, you know, a season and a half where they always had it and the media built it up and, you know, their fans built it up. They can't beat us, you know, and all of a sudden that little cloud starts to come over you. Um, then when we done them in Tallaght, that was lifted and we felt there tonight, you know, just go and play we kind of spoke about it. take all the drama away take all the flares away take all the atmosphere us against them just if we played them in a Phoenix Park would we fancy to beat them he said yeah so that's it we just treated it like um, not 
the semi-final and not the build-up just us against them um, I thought like we limited them to very little now and I'm not saying we dominated or battered them the whole game but I thought we were professional and we managed the game well and uh, you know probably thought 2-0 was probably fair enough Yeah because the I think your manager said earlier in the week that it, was, it wasn't the performances that was ever a problem in the Bowes games he felt it was just a mental thing and I mean, I'm sure if I was interviewing before a game, you know, earlier in the season, you'd say all the right things about. But it, was there that seed that was just there? Maybe it was an unspoken thing amongst players, but it was just these games were, were causing you grief for whatever reason. Not so much maybe last season, but definitely this season, that little bit of uh, extra pressure that mm. we didn't, you know, that we hadn't beaten them. I think the season before, when I first came back, we beat them three times. We were going to beat them four times in a row, which never happened. Shamrock Rovers I don't think have ever been bowls four times in a row so they done us in pallet so all of a sudden they flipped the other way yeah. you know and we couldn't do them um, yeah. so um, but listen I thought beating them a few weeks ago kind of took that edge off the them took the edge off you know the toy itself um, I thought that's what they clung on to they clung on to um, and I thought they were disrespectful as well in some of the things they said we used that as motivation you know we know how good of a group we are how tight we are um, and we used that. We used some of the comments after the, the games that they yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like you know. You Maybe win. it's James Talbot comments. You, with with you know what I mean? You win with modesty, and that's you know what I mean. That's it. And like we used that, and thought um, tonight they didn't really get close to us in terms of. Uh, I thought we were quite comfortable without battering them. Like I said, mm. without really um, you know owning the ball, we were we got the ball up to Aaron probably quicker than we generally do we played we played the conditions a little bit we played the pitch a little bit we normally always try and play out from the back um, trying to didn't do that as much today because that avoids them on because they're really good at pressing high and really good energy and um, we took that away from them a little bit and um, got the ball up there and Aaron was a handful for their boys at the back and then we started picking up second balls and playing from there you've been, you've been here for a couple of years in this stint like, yeah. do you feel that this is the, the next step, you know, to get... And I know I've heard you say another interview there, it's well and good getting to the final, you have to win it. But just in terms of prolonging this season with the league being gone, that just to have something to aim for now for the yeah, next Yeah, massively. For the fans, it's huge. Like, I mean, you speak to the fans and it's hard, it's, it's hard because, like, they say, yeah, it's been 32 years and, you know, you feel that pressure you know you, you need to we need to get there for them I suppose the manager will say well this is our group you know we've been together three years so now. this becomes the new thing now does it it's not beating bows it's the bloody it's the, it's the cup it's, famine is the next is yeah, the next no, thing no no and that's the pressure playing for this club you know you're always asked questions um, and you'll continue to be asked until you you know until you're successful we have to win something to be recognised you know we can play lovely football you know easy on the eye people come and watch us and you know compliment us but uh, got to win something you know, you can be, you know, suddenly forgotten about in a few years' time. You have to win something. Yeah, so that was Ronan Finn. I mean, as he, as he mentioned there, um, they didn't appreciate some of the comments from Bowes players after games earlier this season. I think he was referring to James Talbot comments and, and maybe one or two others. Yeah. Um, but as he said, like, they, the, the Rovers had a game plan on the night. They sort of had to manage the conditions a bit and they... They did it quite well. They mixed it up. I don't know if you saw, you did, did you see the game, Pat? I or, did, yeah. I yeah. mean, Rovers seemed like they managed the situation pretty well on the night. Well, you obviously have a very good relationship with Keith Long, of course, so you'd have a different uh, well, viewpoint on it. Very good is probably, you know, he's my son-in-law. Yeah. So, uh, you don't get on with him that well. <laughs> exactly. I get on with his grandchildren. Different, 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 grandchildren. A different relationship. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I get on all right with Keith. But um, football, look, 
particularly in the cup, I always say, you need a bit of luck and you need to make a little bit of luck. They got luck with that corner as well. I was just just going to say that. The the corner, you know, went against them. Uh, Bad defending, you know, they just didn't get set up and all of a sudden you're one down. And, you know, to be fair to to Rovers, they dominated the game and, and, you know, then the sending off really summed it all up and uh, the best team on the night won and, and I don't think any can argue with that you know I was very disappointed in Danny Mandrew's challenge I thought I've seen him do yeah. it a few times this season but I thought he let his team it down yeah. yeah it was a red card wasn't it yeah. Um, yeah. but to be fair like Rovers were the better team yeah. from the start yeah. I think uh, so even in Dundalk and Sligo Dundalk were the better team I didn't see Sligo's penalty show I heard they had a very good show for a penalty mm. but yeah the two best teams are in the final. The the, the interesting thing was um, looking at a Graham Burke's goal threat that Rovers have suddenly gotten. Like he's he scored, he nearly scored another goal. Mm. He scored against Bowes the last game. He's almost been the difference in the way in those derbies and headers as well. I mean, yeah. Graham Burke is a sort of a tactical player, but actually, it's, it's two big headers that he's delivered in the those those two derby matches. Mm. Um, and actually, I think in one or two other games that Rovers have played since uh, Burke came back, I'm actually not sure if they've quite figured out how to accommodate him I think that's actually maybe hasn't been great in one or two of the matches as well but he's delivered big goals in, in those two big games so you know it is the final that probably is for the organisers it probably is the best case scenario as much as that would annoy people from, from Bowes and Sligo mm. um, and I mean it was a great occasion in Sligo the other day and the doctors finish really strongly and as they do you know they, they that's why they they have a 30 game unbeaten run they just they know how to win and, it's uh, it's the relentlessness when you bring on like the the impact georgie kelly has made off the bench is but even in the cup the, 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 the cup this year that the knock have been on the road the whole way mm. and up in Derry in the the previous round i mean it was kelly came in late got the the injury time winner and and, and the other day and I mean, yeah, they just, I mean, you've been on the pitch with them, Lee, like they just have this efficiency to dock that they never, they never, you're one of the teams that actually beaten them, along with Sligo the two, but they just, they never seem to be out of a game, really. It's fitness levels. It's, I know for a fact, because the new manager's trying to bring it into St. Pat's now. Mm. It's the intensity they train at, and, you know, they have such high standards, and in the last 15, 20 minutes when other teams are getting tired, they're not. That's why they're winning games late. Mm. You spoke of the new manager. What's he been like? He's come in, just demanded really high standards. As you can imagine, you know what he's like as a player. And, and you can tell that's why he's won so much as a player. And yeah, he's uh, trying slowly trying to change change a lot of St. Pat's. So, so far, everyone's happy. And he's got that uh, respect off the players straight away. Is that something as players you're curious about that he's been such a big part of the Dundalk's success? And you've, you know, you've, you're trying to get to that standard. So... You know, you're trying to pick things up off him about that. You mentioned that you can see in the training that, that there's just something different. Can, yeah. can you tell that this is their culture, that you're, they're trying to bring it in? At, yeah, at like I'm, I'm sure he's putting his own stamp on things too, but he probably is bringing some things from Dundalk as well. And yeah, you can definitely you can definitely tell like the, the intensity is the big one and demanding high standards from each other in training. And then eventually you bring it on to... That, that's nights. interest from each other in training yeah so yeah. it's like how does that work if someone's not working let them know yeah. mm. maybe it? maybe at Pats we, we probably were a bit nice with each other not just this year but over the years but that's what that's what he's trying to change he did he did Stephen O'Donnell did Roy Keane was more or less his hero you can kind of see that maybe Pat that like well well you have to be strict I mean you have to have the discipline and you you do have to look for high standards because if you don't, it's just going to fall apart anyway. Mm. And if you're trying to catch a team like Dundalk, 
you know, let's be honest, the, the, the Dundalk remind me of the great German side. They just keep chunking out these results. They just keep getting at it. I mean, the other day against Sligo, they weren't good. And yet they come out and they got the opportunity. And there you go, they're in the final. Mm. And like Rovers are a good side. They play good football. They've become very good players. Uh, but would you bet against get them, you know, to beat Dundalk? Probably not, you know. And yet it could be a very entertaining game. I think it, it could be some final. Yeah, I do. Uh, you I know, think it could you be hope so. And yeah. like they, there's a potential to nearly sell Absolutely. it out if you really work that hard. Yeah, like, I, I agree. Um, it was yeah. 36,000 for Sligo Rovers, for Sligo and Shamrock Rovers. Um, Dan, it just it was the final kind of in that if if you get a nice weather on the day. Yeah, the, the, I mean you have to look at all the factors. The, 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 you know, thanks for the the opposing Premier League that afternoon isn't like I think it's Everton Spurs. None of the mm. traditionally well supported teams are involved. So like if the weather is is kind, there is a great opportunity, and you know it should be sold strongly. I think the Dublin involvement does help. I mean, um, we, there's always seems to be a comparison with the the. The ladies' GA final, just because they've done so well with the with the attendances, and I mean they've done great promotional work on that. But actually, also if you look at it as well, the attendances have gone up since Dublin got into the final. It's a massive factor. You know, they're mm. busing kids from around Dublin to the games, and that's yeah. a, a massive factor in the growth in those attendances. Mm. Um, well, we've so all. There, I mean, there has to be a, there has to be an, an intelligence in the marketing of it though as well. That like there's a good. It's not just let's just come to the game. You know, there is a there's two good sides. There's Jack Byrne who's in an international squad on merit this time, um, and you have a team going for a historic treble. Like it has all the ingredients to be marketed. If and the tickets are cheap, so if you can't do something with this, then 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 you, you can never succeed with 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 marketing the game in this country. Full stop. You need more from sponsors. You know, like. Um, Extra.e have done some stuff online, but like I, you know, they haven't necessarily, the billboards? Haven't necessarily put Where's their, Jack Byrne haven't put their stamp on Patrick the, the competition. And I, I'd be, you know, that that's something. But I mean, th- these were deals that were done. You know, that 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 that's this is where we're at. There's a lot of stuff. Obviously, discussions at the moment about sponsorship and various deals and how it's happened mm. with the league. But we hope. Pat, I mean, just to ask you, and again, we're not to we're not to age discriminate here, but you're well placed to judge like great sides. You're really dancing around the subject of Pat's age, kind of like you're but well placed. Pat, You'd know 20, better than we would. You're not Pat, really, no. But Pat, yeah, as, as, as a 45 year old Pat. <laughs> um, no, you, you've seen the. Uh, I had free you, travel on the way. You're yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention that <laughs> yeah. Lee had to pay. Pat's not even putting it up. Either. I can bring yeah. you as my partner. Lee. Relax. Um, you've seen, the, like, you remember the Rovers four in a row team. You can even yeah. go back and remember teams before that. Yeah. Distant dog five and six, five leagues in, in six years. Like, where do they stand? Where do they rank? What? Where do they stand with the great league of Ireland? It's always side? difficult to, to sort of, you know, compare. But I, I think this year for Dundalk major change with Stephen going and uh, a lot of pressure you know and I would have been saying to myself well very difficult for Vinny to to produce you know what Stephen has produced over the years and here he is now on, on the verge of a treble which is an amazing achievement in his first year as manager you know it says a lot for the man and it says a lot for the players and I love what Lee said you know if players are not doing it on on the training pitch and does anyone monkeying around it needs to be sorted by the players as much as management and coach those days are gone you know I remember the days when I was back here comparing like Dermot Keeley and, and, and Pat Bourne and 
Mick Bourne, some great players, and, and you know, compare them to the players of today. Different characters. Different, totally a different environment socially mm. and otherwise. And you know, it, I always remember the days coming back from a game in Derry or in Finn Harps, and we'd all meet in O'Connell Street and go into rumours, and you know, you'd have your few drinks and a bit of laughs. Oh, I've, heard so, I've heard so much of it. Gresham. What a great name for Rumours was yeah, a, yeah. a place for a lot of, uh, a lot of activity <laughs> happened in the, uh, the, the, the Jack Charles. Days. I think if you yeah, were to do like a, right, yeah. if you were to do a sort yeah. of a, it's before my time, but I think even some of the, the journalists used to go in there they as did, well. Yeah, it was a sort of a big coming yeah. together place. And Everybody, the walls don't have could talk like that anymore. Lee. No, no, sorry, yeah, they don't have pubs like that anymore. <laughs> no, this wasn't a pub. This is a nightclub. You might get home a the next club. morning. And the guy who owned it was a fantastic uh, football fanatic. He, he was involved in sports as well, Krishna do, and he was a very generous and oh, yeah. really good man. And uh, he looked after all the league clubs but there were different characters and when the game was over the game was over it was a bit of laugh and a bit of crack but there's some great players some great teams I mean the Rovers teams under Jim McLaughlin were fantastic then mm. Keeley went on to win three or four uh, leagues as well so it, it's difficult I mean you take Dundalk what they've achieved in, in recent years like back in 2012 they were in the first division yeah we had yeah. John Gill on was yeah. it last week saying that he felt like they were walking the plank if they didn't beat Bowes that's yeah. what was that eight games in seven that's eight right games. I found that extraordinary and a bit actually. of weight suits John doesn't it you know it does yeah he's yeah. a lovely yeah. tan as well <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah. He's, he always has a tan he, he lives in Donna Bay you're from Donna Mead of course, um, Pat, yeah, you, but, but it's funny. You, you could have gone to Dundalk around seven or eight years ago. That was, that was yeah. a story at the time. I, I, I'm sorry, pre Sean McCaffrey, wasn't look it? At, look at you now. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't go because <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I felt sorry. I never forget the day I was on the verge of going to Dundalk. 2012 it was, and um, we'd agreed everything and it was going. And, and Keith was Keith Long was coming up with us, and um, there was a bit of aggro in Bray, and Brian. And I said, ah, they no money, Brian, the usual, and I. I went down, I always remember it was a bleak around the 23rd of December and it was bleak and I went into, there was no one in Bray, only the two people in the office and I went into with the intention of saying I'm leaving and I just said I, I won't, I'll, I'll stay another year with them. Within that year there was more there yeah. and I left the following year so Dundalk went off then and uh, they got they would have got Stephen the year, the the year, year after. after. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I got a call at the same time was it something and they said they're going for, for Stephen and I said well you're going to get a, a better guy and fairness to him he done a fantastic job and like Vinny coming along again and as I said on the verge of three trophies Unbelievable achievement. I have to just think of like, um, sorry, sorry, like you know, when Dougal was selling uh, Ted, or Ted was selling Dougal that he was going to America, and Dougal had these puppy dog eyes. But they had the two lads in the Bray <laughs> office. Just like, I can't tell them two days before Christmas. I, like. I, I tell you, it was. I, 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 I was very soft because I, I walked in, there was a, a girl there, and uh, and the general manager at the time, and uh, I, I just felt, geez, if I, if I walk out here, leave these, it's poor to Christmas, mm. and I'm going to tell them I'm packing in. The whole thing could have. Wet fellow Sunder, and I just said no, I won't, and that's what I did. There's I stayed, history for you. Know. you go. I'm just trying to think actually what struck me. So you were break. You would have had Chris Shields and Dane Massey. Oh yeah, they all played. Yeah, Gartland uh, Shields. He um, who else? Rogers, Gary Rogers was there after yeah. Eddie Gorm. Yeah, but, but, but I'm thinking in particular Shields, Shields and and, and Massey. Well, yeah, but they're now they have five league medals. Yeah, both of them. Did you see that in them when they were younger players? I think Shields it seems to surprise say, a lot of people. I, I remember saying to Chris, I have to say, uh, I'll be. Brutally honest, you're mad going to that. At that stage, they were only rebuilding. I said, You won't win anything. You know, they're, they're not ready for that yet. 
And to be fair, they really have invested in it and they really have done it. And obviously, you know, Chris has just been fantastic for him. And what a career move. And Chris, to this day, is the same guy who played and played fantastic. I always remember Chris when we played in the infamous uh, playoff. The wall. The wall. The wall. Yeah. It was incredible story. You know, I mean, we're, here we are. We're into two minutes of injury time. <laughs> and Chris scores an OG in extra time. And we're one down. And all the, 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 the 20 fans of Monaghan knocked the wall, the wall down. The wall came right down onto the pitch. And I remember Keith Long saying, Jesus, what are we going to do now? And I said, Banded got, the game. No, I said, I hope the game's abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, uh, I looked out and uh, referee sorted out, got the wall sorted. And, and uh, I looked up and here they were all right across, like the charge of light brigade, two defenders and all across the pitch. And... Uh, they tipped the ball off, knocked it back to the defender. He wallied it right up into the left-hand side, and he got a cross in. Chris Shields, who had scored OG, comes across and knocks it down. Their goalkeeper, Sava, he had a great game, drops it, and Jay Kelly knocks it in, one all, and we win on penalties, and Chris Shields got the, the winner. Unbelievable. Unbelievable they, 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 they made up a little thing about it, the great escape, and it certainly was. It was no Steve McQueen, but it was a, it was a great escape. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, that's football, and Chris has had a magnificent career, you know. In, in, in a way, you, you must uh, kind of be looking at him, because I don't know, are you a defensive midfielder? That's my position for you, but you're, some people say you're a centre-back. I'm in and out of midfield, to be honest. Uh, no, like I'll do a job there if the manager wants me to, but my favourite position is centre half, yeah. Centre half? Yeah. What do you definitely. make from Devo? What's his best position? He's a, he's a good player. He's always been a good player in fairness to him, you know. Just a good player. Uh, no, no. He, yeah. You know, 24 now, he needs to move on and start winning trophies and do a bit better for himself. Because, again, we're going back to the, the players, and, and, and you're right what you say, fellas having to go on the dole and different things. And I'm not just getting away from it, but there's managers and coaches as well, and, and they give a lot of time and a lot of effort. And when it comes to their time and it's finished, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I actually love what I'm doing. I adore it. I get up every day, 24 7. I look But there's lads who can't afford that, and when they're let go, there's nothing else. Well, I felt very, I felt very sorry for Harry Kenny because of the yeah. circumstances. Um, what, what what's it like as a player when that happens? Lee, I suppose. Obviously, it, like there was speculation a few weeks that like the manager's job was, you know, uh, on the line sort of thing. But we actually had great few results before the UCD match. Beat Sligo at home after being a goal down, one down and Turner's cross, and we put ourselves in the next round of the cup as well. But yeah, like over the course of the year, we sort of, as players, we weren't happy about a few things, like like just sort of the tactics and, and the formation even. But everyone got on great with Harry on a personal level. Like we had a good relationship with him like that, but it was just so disappointing the way he left because like that UCD game was a disgrace from our point of view. Um, I don't know what happened. We just didn't turn up on the night. There's no excuse. We felt responsible for that. It wasn't Harry's fault at all. You know, we prepared properly. He done everything he had to do to prepare the players properly during the week. But we didn't turn up on the night. We were, oh, we were disgraced to be honest. There was mm. no excuses. And then he went after that. So we were disappointed because we all got on well with him on a mm. personal level. But it's happened now. And as I said, the new managers come in and. Everyone, everyone is happy at the minute and it's exciting for the club. Stephen O'Donnell and Patrick Craig was very left field. Um, Stephen O'Donnell obviously picked Patrick Craig, but were you surprised that Stephen got the job um, given his lack of experience? Um, just other candidates out there, you know. 
we we didn't know who was going to get it. Probably was a little bit surprised, yeah, but as I said, he's come in and done really well so far and has a good first impression on the lads. And also, Padge Craig, he's only retired like a couple of weeks. And he's up from Scotland. Yeah. To Montrose, yeah. Yeah, you'd swear he's coaching 20 years. Like, he really demands a lot from the players and like so far so good I suppose what's interesting as well is that you have what three or four games left this season you're fighting for Europe and some of you know that your position at Pats is on the line because this manager may not like you obviously yeah Um, I mean there's 11 signed up already for next year are you one of them yeah Yeah. so I signed a a two year deal last year but um, yeah I mean I remember my first year at Pats like at the end of the season I don't think there was one player signed so that's where the club has progressed like that. They're giving players longer-term deals. They're planning for the future. But yeah, the, the next... Well, Waterford on Friday and then Bowes and Derry. They're just massive games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've Season-defining an, games. You, you've an interesting fixture um, logjam coming up in that obviously you've, you had last week off and uh, now you've Waterford. And um, you're obviously hoping to be Waterford who, who are kind of playing out season a bit. But what happens then? Well, Derry have two players called up to the under-21 side who are supposed to play after Waterford. That's called off now. Um, so the last week of the season, we play Bowes on Friday, Derry on Tuesday, Dundalk on Friday. Dev, I, I, I think that's ludicrous. And I'm not yeah. trying to blame anyone here. I just think at how important Europe is for Pats and for Bowes and for Derry. And to have three games in a week, I just think is outlandish. Well, I think a lot of fixtures, and I, I say Lee and a lot of people agree, I mean, I heard you talking about mental health area, but your own physical health and health and safety, playing those amount of games uh, midweek, you know, three games a week, every week, it's just impossible. Mm. can't do it, you know, when you're part-time. You really, it's very difficult to do it full-time, but to do it, uh, to do it on a regular basis is ridiculous, and the fixtures themselves is madness. And as you say, at the end of the season, you know, you're working so hard, and then all of a sudden, within a week, you've got three massive fixtures to decide whether you're in Europe or not. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, I have less of an issue with that one. Is the fixtures earlier in the season? I mean, yeah, this like, earlier you know, like, on, it's earlier yeah. on. I mean, this is a, an yeah. international call up this late in the season. Yeah. What do you do? You know, there's only so much you yeah. can do. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can have a debate about, you know, teams not playing when there's the FBI Cup weekends and so on. I mean, but this one, unfortunately. Such a big game for the top four as well, Dan. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, in a lot of leagues in Europe, to be fair, you'd have three games in the last week. We've seen it in the Premier League, you know, in recent years. In the last week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like mm. you think you think of, uh, was it Liverpool a couple of years back when they played Crystal Palace? That was in the last week of the season, wasn't mm, it? The midweek. Monday, I said Monday night game, actually. But still, it can happen. You'd have rescheduled games at the end of the season. It's not ideal. Um, but anyway, Pat, speaking about the, the other end of the fixture scale is that the teams in the first division whose season is already over... Um, and they have a long off-season, which has already kicked off. Thankfully, you're not in that boat because you've got, a, you've got a playoff game on Friday or you've got a two-legged playoff game uh, against Longford and success of Fridays. I mean, it must be great to be involved because um, oh. it's, it's, it's been a journey. Maybe just talk about where Cabin Tilly are at at the moment because obviously there's been a bit of discussion in recent weeks about where the club stands. But um, this playoff game, what's it mean to the club and the overall project? I suppose a lot of people in the club would be delighted if, if the uh, season was over. <laughs> That's being honest. Um, we're in a, in a bit of a, a situation where we could have actually six games now in the mm. next, you know, four weeks. Um, and you haven't prepared for that in terms of budgets or whatnot? Budgets and things like that, yeah. Well, I mean, you take draw that they haven't had a game, won't have a game for four weeks and, and they have to meet wages and things like that. So Longford and, and ourselves are at least 
we're going to be playing and we'll know exactly what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Um, we've been in the top four all season. You know, to be honest with you, I think we've underachieved. Um, we've lost points to, to uh, not being disrespected, all the teams below us. We've lost to um, Limerick twice, six points, uh, four to uh, uh, Cove, that's 10 points, and uh, two to Athlone. You put them on, we'd have won the league. We're only a point behind Drada. Uh, and Longford. So we, we've been there all season and I think uh, it's very funny the, the way our, where our blip took place. Uh, it took place when lads were going off to do their leave insert. We had to give them three, four weeks off mm. and that'll tell you a little bit about our squad and there was five players who went off and we gave them three weeks off and that's when we hit the dip and uh, you know, but we've had a great season. I mean, We've been there, thereabouts all along. We've led the league for a little bit. Uh, delighted with it. Um, the playoff is a fantastic uh, opportunity to, to get into the next round, which is against Drada. We played uh, Longford twice, uh, three times this year, and we've beaten them twice. We played Drada, uh, won one, lost one, and drew one. So we're in a nice place. Um, Very nearly beat Cork in the Cup as well. Well, no, we should have. We beat ourselves that night. We mm. threw it away. Game was over and it was a very silly. But the lads have been great. We have a great... 17 uh, goals for Manly? Manly has... You know, when when we signed him, I remember saying to him, I said, look, Rob, you know, you went to Drawdy, you went to Bowes and you're not getting games. So I said, you know, I'll give you games. It's up to you then after that. And to be fair to him, he, he has just been exceptional, you know, and uh, fair dues to him. Um, and the rest of the lads have been bringing. The staff we have is, is you mentioned young Clegg, uh, but we, we brought in Paul Hefferton at the start of the season. Paul had a great career in, in, in England and Scotland, yeah. And and we got Graham O'Hanlon, Eddie Gormley, and, and John Power, the goalkeeper coach. And we two kit men that are second to none. And unfortunately, mm. we lost one of our long serving kit men this year. He passed away a month ago, Locker Davis. But we, we have a great little setup, you know. We're based in Camtiddy. It's not everybody's, uh, you know, place, but it it does need to be developed. But from most, from a training point of view, it's been brilliant. The players are exceptional. I loved all these today, and our lads are the same. There's no let up, and that we do. It needs to be top class, and there's no exceptions. The club, in fairness, are great when we're travelling. Everything is top class. Anything like that. Um, yeah, you know, are we ready for the Premier Division? The answer would be definitely no. Uh, there's no point in, you know, bullshitting about it. We're not. Uh, will we take it if it's there? Of course you'll take it and then you'll get on with it. But like UCD and Finn Harps, it, it, it is a struggle for clubs going up, particularly if they don't have the, the, the you know, the finance behind them and, and, the, and the support. So that's going to be difficult, but we cross that bridge when we come to it. Will you be do. okay if you don't next season to play in the First Division and continue on in the, in the League of Ireland? I, I said to Danny, what we do really, we were at a, a, a meeting with the FEI uh, quite a while back all the clubs were there and they said look at all the possibilities uh, I, I'm there to help at Cabotini and advise them and that's what I do and I, I, I really go in very open and I say you've got to look at all your options because we've got uh, 2,000 members in the club and 1,000 playing so that's 3,000 people are we attracting enough? No, we're not. 2,000 members? Yeah. Mm. All the parents, and, and they should be doing more, and they're not doing it. Uh, we've got 65 teams. So really what you have is 65 clubs winning a club because each club is only just looking after, or each team is just looking after themselves. So if, if we could sort of win that little battle and bring them all together and improve the support, improve the fundraising, improve things, that we would have a real, real chance of moving forward. Mm. But... That, that's been a battle and we're still working on that. With, with respect to UCD though and to, to a lesser extent Bray, there's a massive catchment area around there for League of Ireland football. 
Unbelievable. I'm, I'm born rare out in Dunleary. And uh, I mean, we just played football on the streets. People think when you're from Dunleary, oh, you were born with a silver spoon, you know, but we, we actually played football on the street and it was an absolute great area for football. And Joey's was the, the, the big club and, and of course, Cavatilli came on many, many years later. But no, there, but again, socially things have changed. I mean, a lot of clubs are going now for various reasons. The Leinster Senior League clubs was full of them. They're all gone. Uh, there's one Leinster Senior League club in the area, I think, um, TK and, and sorry, Kevin Zeely as well. But that's it. Mm. After that, there isn't. But yet, there is an opportunity to grow it there. But I think the biggest problem we have is our own club. If we don't grow from within, it's very difficult to grow from outside. So mm. we have to look at all the different options. And that's what we're doing. We're looking at the finances. We're looking at the football side. Of, we're looking at our facilities. We're looking at everything. And we're trying to improve it as we do every year. And every league of work club will do the exact same. So everything is on the table. And let's see what, where, where we can go from there. But the first priority for me is obviously Friday night we want to be uh, Longford get a big uh, crowd into Stradbrook we should on Friday mm. but of course this storm coming in now who mm. knows what's mm. going to happen but, concern, uh, yeah. hopefully it just stays away and we can have our own storm on Friday night and look forward to it Dara Doyle an ex-player of mine and, and uh, uh, also uh, ex-Cabin Teeley he's manager of, of Longford so it'll be an interesting two-legged game and, and uh, made the best team win but I think we're quite capable of doing it we're really good side some really good players and uh, there's, a, there's a lovely little uh, catch to it we signed a Japanese guy Utah that's right yeah Utah Sasaki and uh, incredible he scored a great goal against Wexford last week you know unbelievable he's, he has scored and he's missed a couple but great little addition to have coming on and and, uh, and we've a great squad of players it's who to leave out now the League of Ireland hasn't really tapped into the Japanese market yet, you'd have to say. We're on our way. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will conquer it. Someone made a comment the other day, Pat Devlin signed Chris O'Connor back in 2002 when Ireland played Australia in the uh, World Cup and we were beating the Rugby World Cup and then he signs Utah Sasaki. And Japan, Japan beat it. And Japan beat it, so it's my fault. And you have a goalkeeper there whose father is it Peter Quinlan, whose dad oh, is with the Japanese <laughs> staff, isn't it? No, no, no. His father, believe it or not, his father came over here many many years ago and he played for Black Rock yeah. he, he's a Kiwi and uh, he actually played for Japan last oh, he week he played for him oh yeah, sorry is it? Yeah. yeah he played he's 38 yeah sorry 38 he did yeah. he played for Japan last week and um Peter came back on he was back on Monday so him and uh, Utah were running around together with the flag <laughs> <laughs> well if you haven't been to Stradbrook um, lovely little bar there a nice night out and um, obviously needs you know upgrading facilities and all that but it's a great place to watch a game Friday night um, Cabin Teeley versus Longford Town the return leg then is Friday week in Longford uh, Lee where do you start with your uh, we, we do have to wrap up but this is a fascinating race for third and fourth got into Europe this year and um probably beaten by a better side I suppose yeah well you just look at the fixtures I mean we are, we play the two teams that we're battling against uh, and Dundalk yeah and Dundalk and Dundalk play all three <laughs> so yeah. yeah and Bowes and Derry played each other last week I think it was so it was a great finish but as bad as you know we haven't been good this year we haven't created enough chances we're not entertaining to watch. We're still there. That's a bit harsh. Uh, no. Easily. No, we haven't. You're not, Absolutely. You're not, you're not entertaining to Johnny, watch. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> let, him, <laughs> let him slate his Don't own. Don't argue with him on his own let team. Let him slate his yeah. own team. Everyone that goes to Richmond every Friday will tell you that. Like, we haven't been the same, same path. And the players will tell you that too. But Hang on a second. Right up there. Like, you remember your goal in Derry, right? Yeah. So you, you were accountable for some of this because you clearly can't strike the ball, but we don't see it. That goal in Derry was one of the goals of the season. It didn't even celebrate it. He yeah. Was just, he was, he it just started kind of giving out. Oh, I was so angry I was because <laughs> the week before I had a bad game and 
probably gave away a goal or two and it was just a lot of relief to be honest is that, yeah. that was it that's what it was I was trying to wonder because he scored yeah. this amazing people that haven't seen this he scores a wonderful goal and rather than like yeah. you know yeah. celebrating it you were, you were sort of yeah because like, he looked like Tamori kept by in Newcastle that time do you remember <laughs> oh, yeah. that's why he started kicking back, the, yeah. kicking the uh, no, advertising board I just beat myself up a lot like after I make mistakes or have a bad game so it was on my mind all week and then when I put it right the next week, then there was a lot of relief. So that's what that if was. If you have seen you that like, goal, look it up. Is this why you relish the psychology side of things, though? That you obviously <laughs> analyze, but like you're at, like you, some people would walk off a pitch on a Friday, have a bad game, and they'd have forgotten it by the time the, oh, the, yeah. the bus is pulled out the, that's what the way ground. To, yeah, that's what I need to get better at. But I am, I am a lot better than I was say, a year or two ago. But I used to bring it home with me, and it'd be on my mind for a week sort of thing. And you feel like you f- feel guilty. You feel like everyone when you go in the Saturday morning after a game you feel like everyone's like oh he let us down last night but that's not the case at all you're making up things in your own head but I wouldn't say that's why I'm doing the psychology course now stop fighting with yourself because (laughs) I can tell you at the start of the season if you'd have got the position you're in now you'd have been saying I'll take that and uh, it's fantastic that you have the opportunity to get into Europe yeah but we do we have to be honest we have to be honest with ourselves like we haven't been we haven't lived up to expectations should I say but we're still right there and you know the next three games in particular will be absolutely huge how much do you enjoy the European stuff oh great yeah mm. yeah. that was the first time I started no second time we started but over and over in Sweden the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant mm. and we got great support from the Pats fans unbelievable probably, goal for Connor Clifford yeah yeah um, what a strike but probably my me, me best memory like so far playing in the league was probably in my room the night before we played uh we played uh, Norcopping away. You could hear the Pats fans a few hundred metres down the road singing all the songs. <laughs> and it was just brilliant to think, wow, they're after travelling over for us. Like, and Yeah, that was a good experience, good mm. memory to have. Um, yeah, Dan, I think tomorrow he catch by and managed Georgia, didn't he, catch after boy, that? he did. He yeah. did, yeah. He did, of course. That's yeah. ne- ne- next up for... We're going to let the lads go, and myself and Dan then will, I don't know, have 10 minutes of psychology, I suppose. Well, I mean, that's every week, John. Yeah. Well, you need stuff someone to, to stay with you then. Stuff that requires, <laughs> stuff that requires analysis. I think Dev, Devo should stay in the background just to monitor things. But um, uh, I should mention as well, the, the one untapped um, audience for the cup final is all these, like, of all the taxi drivers I've gotten in over the years in Dublin, the white guys anyway, 98, 99% of them used to go to Milltown. I mean, so surely they can come back and support Rovers because there seems to be an awful lot of them. I can't wait for the cup final, but a lot to debate before that. Thanks a million for coming in, lads. No worries. Um, very honest interview from Lee Desmond and obviously Devo. Best of luck at the the weekend. Yeah, we keep yeah. it going anyway. See where we go from there. Maybe we'll be back in again and, and uh, we can forward it a chat. I enjoyed it. I'd like and talk to Lee about Newcastle a lot more as well. <laughs> well, you can go out, go out and get the train together. <laughs> yeah. it off there. You try and get Lee on your pass. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thanks very much, lads. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. That was Lee Desmond and Pat Devlin. Both came in on the dart line today. Uh, Devo now is going back south side and Lee is going back north side. Um, so they were a bit perplexed by your Rovers tangent again about your taxi driver's uh, experience. Ah, uh, the amount of taxi drivers. There. I know, yeah. It's just, uh, it's just, it's they, they've, they've, Rovers have a huge, I used to go to Milltown support. That oh, they do? Probably don't go to Tala at all. Well, that's why, like, the, <clears> I think, I think, uh, I think the yesterday, what day which they Wednesday, I think Monday, was like the anniversary of the Rovers Pats game in the RDS, oh, the famous yeah. game in 1990, the first game in the RDS where there was 20 something thousand people. There. One of the worst games it of football dread- ever seen. It was seen. a dreadful game, but it does advertise how you know. I think that latent support people who's in the cup final Rovers, uh, I'll go. 
Um, I think that they're that, not going for three in a row. They're not going for well, they're not going. So for the going for the treble. treble. Um, that will definitely, definitely add something to it. Yeah, um, the weekend's fixtures, as the ones we mentioned, obviously, um, Bowes are playing Cork City and uh, Bowes are getting Cork at a good time there, Dan, obviously, with um, another hammer in Derry last week. They've they've had a pretty pretty appalling um, run of form, actually, and you'd imagine it's a good it's a good opportunity for Bowes. You just wonder, are they on a bit of a downer after Friday, or do they yeah, just get, get on I think, with it? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big sort of mental test for them, because there was a downer on Friday. They didn't really perform as well, they didn't really show up. And uh, but Europe is still massive. I mean, Dundalk winning on Sunday means that fourth place qualifies for Europe. Mm. So the Bows are very much in control of their destiny. Um, Derry played Dundalk. Now I don't see Dundalk. At least that game, the Dundalk Derry would at least go ahead with mm. the. Uh, well, if the weather does turn, the um, if the weather does turn, at least Dundalk Derry, you, you would think unless there's some sort of weather warning. Mm. Um, but it does seem like it mightn't. I'm not sure if it'll affect that area of the country so much, but they're even uh, good record uh, against Dundalk. They've, they've, yeah, they're, and and they, you know, I don't know, like Dundalk. This is the first game where really they're not that they're tuned out because I don't think they will be, but it's the first game where really there's nothing at stake as such, other than their points, targets, and individual stuff that they want to do. Uh, Huben has a bit of work to do to cement just the top score. Um, he's, he's got two goal margin of error there, and just a few other, um, few other things mm. that like I think they, they, I don't think they'll phone in at all. I think Dundalk would be aware of their responsibility to the other clubs. Um, also, the players know like I can't be slacking here because no. do you know uh, what I mean. Uh, so I don't think Derry, and in a strange way, like. Um, like because the result doesn't matter as much, but it does matter. I wonder would he get more liberated than Doc? Like they've grinded results mm. out, but will they actually sort of? Uh, will will could it be in a positive sense that they're unleashed? And uh, mm. the games with Derry, I mean, Derry have come back. You know, they've in the in the League Cup and in, in the League game and the FBI Cup game. They they found a way to score against them, Doc. They found a way to pose them problems. Um, so that's a fascinating game. Pat's Waterford. I mean, it doesn't sound great pitch wise from what Lee was saying. I think he said it's uh, waterlogged. Yeah, so yeah. that that could be a struggle. Um, um, I mean, Waterford are safe. They've done well. I mean, Harps UCD, I mean, Harps is such a p- pitch that's vulnerable to, to rough weather. Um, mm. Harps really just need to, I mean, this is a great chance for Harps to, to cement their, their 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 status as the playoff team. I mean, the only way that they can drag them into, into automatic butters is if they lose this game. And really, it's a must-not-lose. Mm. They'll, they'll be absolutely fine. Um, then they'll be grand otherwise and um, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame that Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers is a dead rubber because it's obviously a big fixture in the showgrounds which looked great on Sunday um, I think it was Kyle Callum McFadden saying the atmosphere was unbelievable we love that every week and um, bit of sympathy for Sligo even though it's very hard to see if they'd have won the replay but like Ronan Cochran should have should have gotten a penalty in hindsight and little things went <laughs> yeah, against them but well, they, I mean, they produced a good performance the replay would have generated a few quid for them you know, mm. and, they, you know and they're a club that have spoken about the, the excellent fundraising that they do and yeah I mean I think they probably had earned the draw in a way uh, as much as Dundalk were the better side but then when you switch off as they did I mean Duffy makes the run like you watched the replay and it was a it wasn't just like Duffy was in the right place he made a, a you know a deliberate move from the start of the set piece that was a plan and someone didn't follow him so they've They've switched off there. I so. did mention Georgie Kelly earlier on. He he must have a good case to make for starting at, at Dundalk. He's probably not going to this season, but the, the the impact he's had, even in Europe coming off the bench, unbelievable. But, and again, a massive header down. Hooban looked disappointed when he was taken off, which is kind of understandable. But um, just just uh, Georgie Kelly looks like a player that's ready to kind of step up to the next level. Uh, his record has been great, but he's mm. possibly in danger of being in the Kilduff territory that actually he is so effective off the bench. 
that like that's a perfect role to have him in. You know, it it, it sort of becomes a becomes a condition that he's a great option to bring on because when team is played on dock they get tired in the last 10 15 minutes of the game because they've been trying to keep up with them and he's he's he makes hay in that scenario so uh, he ends up with that super sub label which probably ends up frustrating him because he thinks he can do more and he's he's played in games and starting games and done well but um yeah, I mean, the, the, the Sligo Rovers, Shamrock Rovers game, I think it's possible, possible Mick McCarthy might be at that game to have a look at Jack Byrne, we'll see. Um, no surprise he was in the squad, really. I no, thought. no, he'd like, you know, he's, he, 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 Mick has, has pretty much stayed loyal to all of his players from last month, really, um, which is controversial in other areas with younger players, but it's definitely benefited Jack mm. um, that he's, he's kept his place on, on the basis of what he did. So The Ireland under-21 Italy game is going to be fascinating now with all these players there and sold out and all that. Yeah, well, that's, we, can, we can deal with that. And uh, we'll do that next week because the game will be the game is Thursday week, so yeah, we can maybe mm. discuss that in more detail. I'm off week. to Georgia as well. You are, so we, yeah, yeah, just yeah. on a on a bit of a jolly. So looking forward to that. Mm. Right, you've been there, haven't you? A few times. Oh, I've been there. I've been to Georgia too much in the last couple of years, mm. so I think it's the third or fourth time. I think so. Um, anyway, we've been there. We've been there a bit. Do you yeah. imagine if Jack Byrne came on and got the winner, be be a bit of fun for a League of Ireland fan? It would be, yeah, it'd be good fun for Irish football. Any chance he come off? So we much? have to stop distinguishing him from the rest of the. Mm. You know what I mean? I it's, think a, it's a League of Ireland podcast. podcast. I know it's, it's so rare that League of Ireland players. I know, but look, we anyway, I know, I know what you mean. But any any chance he could come off the bench? I, I'd, uh, I'd say it's still. I'd say it's on the smaller end of the mm. scale. Uh, Ireland play New Zealand in a friendly at home in November. I'd say he'd be odds on to start that game. But um, yeah, I, I still have a slight niggling doubt that he would be trusted by McCarthy if he really was chasing a game. It's possible. It's if there's any game that would happen, it would be Georgia because just the tempo, the, the flow of the game, and might, mm. might the style of the game uh, might suit him more. But I think I think Alan Judge is probably still ahead of him as the, as the sub in that mm. position. And um, if there was a problem with Judge, then Jack. I mean, his dead ball delivery is a massive thing, which you would, would actually maybe push him up the queue. But then again, uh, Alan Judge did send the dead ball for Shane Duffy in Copenhagen, so he's probably just that one person down the pecking order. I would think. We did know? mention earlier on that Derek, uh, our former, he's back. Uh, uh, yeah, our it's, like, it's like you know it's like it's like you know what I mean? League of Ireland football. Is, it's such a like a volatile Small transfer circle, market yeah. that someone comes back to the club again. Give us an it's, example. It's like an old favorite coming back to the club. Like, I'm trying to think of a of a, of a reason. There's loads of examples. Devil coming back to. Bray. Devil coming back to Bray, mm. or you know, uh, Vinnie Faherty coming back to Galway United again. Vinnie Faherty coming back again. to Galway, yeah. yeah. And how many stints is he at there? Yeah, seventeen, I think. Yeah, yeah. like, did, did, or the players that come back to Cork, you know, after mm. after Alan Bennett coming back, you know, yeah. Alan Bennett is like a beloved figure. Yeah, AB uh, arriving back, and and here's Derek. Because Derek, <laughs> people people who follow us on Twitter who might have like you know remember the more colourful <laughs> biographies of the, and the. Uh, the LOI Weekly Nights, the Bob Dylan which, references, uh, with slightly uh, strange pictures of women in unusual situations, like like sort of nineteen seventies comic, you know, mm. with a caption quote, and then you know describing I don't know our discussion on uh, like Rovers Pats, mm. you know, uh, it doesn't quite fit in. But uh, Derek is responsible for that. But Derek's here. Derek has a request. More to the point, because Derek is is working on a project, which makes it sound like Derek's mm. a shifty individual. Yeah, but it's, it actually, especially with that reference of women in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Derek, tell us your request. Anyway. Well, I'm looking for footage. I'm looking for footage of photographs of, would you believe, Limerick City between 1960 and 1975, 
So 50 years old. I know Photographs so. and... Or video footage. Yeah. footage. Or movie footage or home we, video footage or anything that can... We must have Limerick fans listening and it might just be that it's, you know, the next generation up, you know, their their dad or their, you know, granddad, whoever it might be, they might have kept some stuff. But you have a sp- more specific request than that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a right back who played number two, uh, Vinnie Quinn. Looking for footage of him, preferably. He played in the same team as Kevin Fitzpatrick, Al Finuc, and Joe Casey. It was a team managed by uh, Ewan Fenton, and they won the Dublin City Cup in 1969. They also played in the European Cup Winners' Cup uh, versus CSKA Sofia in 65 66. And they played against Torino in 71 72. So if anybody has any footage, can they get in touch on Twitter or get in touch yourselves, lads? Mm. There you go. Yeah, well, I mean, We'll definitely try and spread the word as much as is possible. Um, because, you know. I know it's a big ask. Is, is he still alive? I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. So it's it's kind of a like a montage that you're hoping to put together in a sort of way. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, I can't really say too much about it, but mm. it's, um, it's, it's, it's an anniversary for the 1969. Yeah, so lovely. So like, he's, he's got a job to do, but if anyone out there can help that. I, I, think, I think we have a good chance. You there. can uh, hit us at LOI Weekly, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, or you can contact either myself or Johnny through social media, or Derek at, at Kioski, is it? Yeah, that's right, yeah, on Twitter. Kyo with the S-K-I at the end of it bit of a Russian vibe I can't really talk about Derek's Russian stories here because we will run way over time and possibly let's possibly be cited in some way or other let's yeah. go off air now and talk about Derek's Russian stories thanks very much for listening episode 34 season 3